This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor in-play betting. Watch the action, predict the action, and make your best bet with the latest odds on over 1,000 daily events. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening or watching this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast with me, Joe Revan, and my amazingly brilliant, wonderful friend, Simon Townley. More like better? you. More yeah. like you. so. I do, yeah. I, do, I do these things for you, mate. I do these yeah, things bro. for you. Happy, How are you? You all right? Yeah, happy uh, birthday, Turfcast Joe. Happy birthday for yesterday. Yeah. Thank you very much. I think there's an issue though, mate. You, I, I haven't received your present or your card. I think they must have got lost at post. Lockdown. Lockdown, God. Lockdown, my eye. Royal yeah, Mail's still yeah. delivering, mate. Royal Mail's still delivering. Yeah, I, I ordered off, um, off, what's he calling that? Moonpig. Crest. Ordered 50... or ordering in panic tonight? I've ordered, I've ordered for Valentine's Day. 50 quid. Oh, so it's not for me. me. Yeah, oh, no, no. Yours is on its way, though. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it's, it is. It's on its way when I come and give it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 21 years young yesterday, though. 
As, as they say, that's what you say when you get above 25, don't you? You just pretend you're 21, apparently. That's 31. what everyone else does, anyway. Eh? 31, isn't it? Is that, is that what you... Are you ticket pitch? You know what I am? 32. 33, you dick, can you? Know <laughs> it? I'm, not, I'm not entertaining it. Not entertaining it. How are you, anyway? I'm all good, mate. I'm all good, thank you. I've been up to you as Turfcast Joe. Uh, well, my name in Leeds is Burnley Joe, so that's that's similar. Yeah, Turf Because Joe. I'm from Burnley and, and I'm, I support Burnley and I'm called Joe. So it kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, Sorry, my kids are a bit savory, but after lockdown, I want people to see you in the streets in Costa and go, oh, that's that Turf Cast Joe. I'll take that. It's a brand that, or, or Joe Tom Red. I think they're both quite, quite yeah. brandable, marketable. Marketable, that's the word. Um, anyway, you've been up to much? Nothing, mate. Lockdown working out on, on a computer. I've turned yeah. into. Like one of them computer geeks that's putting on weight and getting spots and eating pizza all day. So me, basically. Yeah, turning you've into turned you. Into, you've turned into me, basically. Uh, the spots have died down a little bit in the last few years for me, but um, but yeah, I think everything else everything else uh, ticks that box. Um, my new set here out today. I've seen that. Nice. Have you seen it? It's nice, isn't it? Parker's in front room well. now. <laughs> Parker's in front room now. Sprawled on it like that. He's all no. over it. It was funny. It was funny. New shirt. Excuse me. New shirt as well. Yeah, excuse me. If anyone wonders why I'm burping, I'm back on the Moretti. It was a birthday present from my dad. Uh, thanks, Dad. Um, so a, a Moretti I do find quite gassy. But yeah, new shirt. Uh, it's not an original. Um, it's a score draw replica. But I actually yeah. quite like it. It's a very good feel. Uh, we're not sponsored by, by score draw or any stretch of the imagination. So every time we mention a brand on the podcast... Someone gets in touch and they're like, oh, you did that really well. Like, you shoe on it brilliantly. Like, it just felt like so natural because it was. I'm just trying to help the brand. I'm same with this. It's a classic, classic 1980 shirt. It's got the old crest on it. Umbro, old crest. There we go. It's got the things down the side. I think it on it's the net. Like, you know. it's, it's, honestly, it's really nice. It's really nice. I like it. You know, I really like it. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see me modeling it now. See you modelling it. There we go. Hey, hey, hey. Good uh, that, isn't it? Hey, uh, yeah, well, I, 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 I've had to get an L. I'm not going to lie. I've, I've had to get an L. Uh, but I had to get an L a few years ago. The M days are long gone. Long gone. Although I've started running again. I say started. I've done one. Um, so it's not like I'm smashing 10Ks every morning before work That's and stuff. It's started so. raining, haven't we, out of car? Yeah, well, awfully them L's, that L's turned into an M. But yeah, I really like it. If you watch, if you listen on the podcast, you want to see what the shirt looks like, don't go onto the Burley Football Club website, go onto the Turfcast YouTube channel, give it a view, give it a share, and uh, give it a subscribe while you're there. Um, speaking of brands and of sponsors, we are, of course, sponsored by Pitch Sports. They are our official sponsors. Big shout out to them. Um, they're still going strong with us. It's absolutely fantastic. They've been uh, helping us out for over a year now. Um, and, it, and it's really good to have them on board and, and to see them continue to improve as we continue to progress uh, and grow. We're, we're growing together. Um, but yeah, if you haven't already, please download the Pitch Sport app. Um, it's available on the App Store and the Google Play Store and also available on Ireland now uh, as well. So if you're an Irish claret and you want to download it, you can. And um, Pitch basically, as I say every single week, I'll say it again, it's a fan hub. So it's a place for fans to have conversations, have chats, predict lineups, predict teams, um, and answer questions that I upload there once a week. Um, the next question will be being uploaded tomorrow, um, but we will discuss uh, the latest question uh, later in the podcast as well. Um, but 
obviously, what we do every single week in the podcast is mainly discuss the games and just have a chat over a beer. I'm the only one having a beer this week, though. Um, and and we'll do that as, uh, again this week. So we've had the Brighton game this week. We've had the Bournemouth game. A um, little bit different, both games. Uh, I left one game feeling a little bit positive. left one game feeling ridiculously negative. Um, but we'll do the Brighton game first. I've um, talked a bit of shit for five minutes now. Um, so I'll let you go, Simon. Burnley won, Brighton won. What were your thoughts on that game? Um, I say, yeah, going back to the watch along sort of comments, really, and the match reaction. I like all the first starting point of that was that it was a game of two halves, the cliche. It was, yeah. um, it was average. It wasn't a bad first half. I didn't think we were played particularly bad in the first half, like the like the traditional sense. But what I did think is that the improvement in the second half was remarkable. It was so good. Uh, we battered them. Do you remember when we played with um, Olympiakos at Turf and we absolutely battered them, but we just couldn't put yeah. ball back in there. It was a similar yeah. sort of thing to that, but without sort of the urgency. It was... Yeah. Um, it were a really good performance, some really standout sort of individuals, um, but no negatives really from that sort of, especially from the second half. I don't think we played particularly bad um, in the first half either, but the only negative, and, and this is the harshest criticism. <laughs> no, no negatives. The only negative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no negatives in a whole, but as an individual error, maybe we could point the finger a little bit and say Nick Pope could have dealt with that shot better, but he'll fire at him. Um, and that's like, that's like I'm saying it's uh, it's one of them, innit? and and it's similar to the to the city game. Um, yeah, I understand you might feel like you're being harsh, but that's that's sort of like what we're here to do. This is what we do as podcasters. We've got to say the things that um, we necessarily wouldn't always say. But yeah, Nick Pope should have dealt with that. Nick, someone of Nick Pope's qualities. If if it were Marlon Beresford like 15 years ago or Nick McCopolis, I'd be like, ah, oh, well, you know. He's going to make mistakes every now and then. But this is Nick Pope, in my opinion, the best goalkeeper, the best English goalkeeper in the world. It, that that should be food and drink for him. That should be absolute food and drink for him. Um, but um, thinking ahead as well, uh, yeah, the first half, um, the first half was um, poor. The first half was poor. Um, but I, I see what you mean about about it. we weren't. It was just average. Terrible. Yeah, we weren't terrible. Brighton were the better side. Yeah, Brighton that, were the better great. side. Yeah. That, that's 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 just a way of uh, of us of us saying it. Um, Brighton were the better side. And just thinking about the goal again, I know we went in on on Popey a bit there, but it's 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 JPG for me. Um, I'm, I've got mixed up with the goal here. I, I was thinking of a goal where he parried it into the net. Yeah, that was City, weren't it? That's what I was thinking of, um, because you mentioned that. So that ring my head. So I go back entirely on what I've just said. Um, I stand by what I've just said, but I mean it for the City game, but we've done that. Um, but what I am going to do is talk about that goal. And there was just a, it's just two errors. And we said on the watch along, didn't we, at the time when that goal went in? There's two errors that we do not normally um Commit is that the right word? We, we sort of like, Tarke or who was it? Tarke or Brownell let his man go. I thought it was Brown, not Brownell, Corke. Cork. I thought it Cork. was Corke on the Corke on the watch along. Um, but a, a few people on the watch along and Dan Black from the Burnley Express on Twitter thought it was Tarke. That shouldn't have happened. Normally, That's Burnley don't let a man go. A man got away from Cork. I still look at it that way. Yeah. Um, and then. 
he's just like a flat-footed vert keeper, you know what I mean? You've got to anticipate the Meadows coming in. JBG couldn't have jumped any higher. He really couldn't. Um, he just seemed to fold up like a deck yeah. chair, though, didn't he? I don't really know what happened to him. He just he just jumped, and then he realised I probably didn't need to jump there. I could have just stooped my head. So then he tried to kick it, and it, it was just it was just an absolute mess from JBG on the post. Yeah, that the was big... the other error. That, that they were the two errors: the Tarky slash Gorky losing his man, or J, and JBG on the post. The two errors yeah. that Burnley don't normally commit. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, their goal was so frustrating. I said it at the time, but it's just not a Burnley goal to concede. They're yeah, the type of goal we score. Man on the pitch near enough, the guy who won the header. It's obvious where it was going. Like you said, there, there, there were there were things that you could sort of nitpick at it. Could the keeper have saved it? Could JBG have jumped higher? Could Tarky have? intercepted could Cork have kept with his man the, you know what I mean but all individually they're not actually massive errors but no but it's, 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 it's all the little ones together isn't it that makes yeah. it so frustrating and, and Burnley don't normally commit any of them at no. all so, so to commit all three in a row which is why the goal's gone in if one of them errors doesn't happen that goal doesn't go in so they might be only tiny errors but obviously like you say all three together makes it a big one and if literally one of them doesn't happen then that goal doesn't go in and we win the game yeah, uh, yeah, and like I said, the second half come out flying, or buzzing. You could tell they had a rocket up their arse at half time. Um, it was, it was good to see. We, we hadn't seen sort of a, I don't know, like a pressed performance, we'll call it, because we were not letting them get out. We were, they were stuck in their arms. I think we created more chances than we've probably created this season. I think it was what was yeah. it, twelve chances, about seventieth minute. I think I remember saying. Um, I'm sure. I, I think so. I'm, I'm going off memory there, so I'm sorry if I'm wrong. But it was, it was such a good performance to not get a win from it was was almost deflating. But then I tried to take the positives out of it and thought it's probably the best attacking we've played in a long time. How many? You know what? What is quite frustrating to me is this season. It's happened so many times. We've been so poor in the first half, and second half we've been so much better. I, mm. I know we say it. I think you've said that line that you said at the start of this podcast about five, six times this season. Oh, it was just a game of two halves. That old cliche. But that just seems to be that the way we're playing at the minute, isn't it? It's like first half or second half shite, the other half half good, and that that if we played a full ninety minutes like we did in the second half, we'd have won that game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we. I think that comes down to confidence, doesn't it? We we seem to be struggling. But the stat that I took away from the last sort of time at Bournemouth, uh, sorry, the Brighton game, was we, out of 11 games that we've gone 1-0 down, we've only actually come back and won one. And then yeah. we've actually come back now the second time in a row as well, uh, yeah, because it was Villa, um, and we've gone 1-0 down and come back to draw. Now, it, it is a negative that it's only a draw because... You just do feel like you should be beating teams like Brighton at home. But it's a positive that, you know, you've gone 10 games without managing to come and turn a deficit into a positive. But then we've done it twice in the space of a week, is what I meant, not in a row, in a week. Yeah, I'm going to say because of the City and Chelsea yeah, game. Uh, but yeah, I, I want to talk about individual performances because a lot of people uh, and we got quite a bit of stick on the watch along. I ended up like ignoring it in the end because um, it was just becoming too much. Um, the Vidra Barnes partnership it works yeah. very very well. I think it's fair to say. Well, it works very well. This is what we were trying to debate on the podcast uh, on the watch along. It works very well in the terms of chances created and the terms of the way that we play. But it didn't obviously work that well in terms of goals scored because we only scored one despite 
being pretty much dominant for 45 minutes. Now, that's not a criticism aimed at Vidra or aimed at Barnes, like some people seem to take it on the, on, on the watch-along. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they're them two. No, but, um, but yeah, the point is, I, I do want to discuss that partnership. Is that now the partnership that, that we play for the next few weeks, um, regardless of injuries? I think uh, Wood's obviously injured, so let, let's just put that into account there. Um, you might know more than me, as far as I'm aware. Dash has not said anything over the last few days that would suggest that Wood will play against Palace. Um, Jay is absolutely miles off it at the minute. I don't know what's did what's happened between Jay last season and Jay this season, but he's he's absolutely miles off it. And I tell you what, he gets he gets away with murder. And I don't get me wrong, I like Jay. I like all of them. I don't particularly like to see any player get slagged off. But the amount of grief that Chris Wood gets, um, and imagine if Chris Wood had missed that sitter that Jay missed against Bournemouth, which we'll get onto obviously. Um, the Twitter Clarets hashtag and Burnley Football Twitter would have been an absolute melt meltdown, but. Gone around the houses a little bit, but my question is, is Vidra and Barnes the partnership that we play for this run of games coming up now, especially with Wood looking likely to be out, and no real news on him, and, and Jay being so out of form? Yeah, def- I, I think it is. I think you can't argue it. Um, people called for Vidra and Rodriguez, as it's known, VAR, and uh, it, it's had its chances, as have other people's had the chances, but I just want to go back to sort of like what you said earlier about um, chances created and, and hopefully Johnny Tate won't mind me throwing this out there but in his words and I echo it this is why I'm saying it is Vidra needs 50 chances sometimes to put away one and yeah. um, and, and I know you agree and, and obviously we, we, we spoke about this after but he because he's exciting because he's energetic and because he gives 110% through I'm not saying any of the other players don't but you can see in his face that his body's Overly trying to give you that extra bit that he gets away with things because he's oh, he, oh, he did well there. Like one of the comments I've seen on the Turfcast Twitter was, um, we're on about man of the match, and I think Lawton won it. And um, yeah. Vidra was close, and 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 somebody said, Oh, Vidra were brilliant today, he, he just uh, he deserved the goal now. We've seen Chris Wood where we had them games where he did a couple of headers. Sorry about my dog, but he did a couple of headers and then one of them was a sitter and it went over. Now, in that game, he probably had a really good performance, but he's a donkey for missing it as opposed to, oh, he deserved a goal. Yeah. And and it's this sort of bland... It's just like you say, it's because he's energetic. It's because he makes the runs. It's because... Obviously, Chris Wood's got in that position by running. He hasn't transported into that position. It's but because fast. Vidra's... Exactly, but because Vidra's small, he appears faster. Um, he probably is faster. I don't actually know how fast either of them are, but I think Chris Wood is fast. But because he's so big and dangly, people don't realise how fast he is. A lot of people are like, oh, he's so fucking slow, would it? He's not actually slow. He's actually quite fast. Um, but but yeah, I think I think because Vidra gets himself in their positions by sprinting and busting a gut, I think it just looks more like, oh, he's, he's tried there. He's got in that position. He's done well, but... But Woody's got in that position as well by 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 obviously running. He's not transported there, so it's a similar sort of thing. But um, but even even if Wood was back at the minute, um, and as much as I've always tried to stick up for him on here, and and and, he, and now seem to have this this unwanted label of sort of like a, a Wood fanboy who hates Vidra, um, which just isn't the case at all. You can't. It's not. We're not. We're all Burnley fans. We're not Vidro or Rodriguez or Vidro or Wood or Vidro. But we, we support the team at the minute. I want Vidra and Barnes to start because Wood has been out of form. But I don't like the stick that Wood's getting, and that's why it might look appear like I, I stick up for Wood 
or sorry, big up wood more than I big up Vidra, because I feel like I have to big up wood. So I feel like a lot of people don't understand, a lot of people like to slag him off. But Vidra, like, he played well against Brighton, but he should, in my opinion, he should have put that chance away, that chance that he did a bit outside of his foot. Good save from the keeper. But And I'll say what I said on the, on the watch-along. If Wood had that chance, he would have finished it. However, Wood wouldn't have had that chance because Wood wouldn't have been able to get in that position. Bit Hold of a tongue twister. Thank you. Um, and I was just getting grief like mad on the podcast, uh, on the watch along for that. But it's a perfectly reasonable thing to say. Um, but yeah, I do feel like I have to defend Woody. And I don't feel like I have to defend Vidra at the minute. But for me, even though I feel like I defend Woody, uh, I feel like the, 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 the partnership at the minute is definitely, even if Wood was, was here, um, Vidra and Barnes. I think I said just before Wood's injury, I just want him to have some time out and come back better. Um, but at the minute, I, I, I think this injury will sort of like help that as well. Like he's, he's out, he might be able to, to rethink things. He might be able to get some sort of like fitness back and stuff like that. So uh, it might be good for him. But for me at the minute, yeah, I think the partnership is is Vidra and Barnes. Yeah, but like you said, the injury as it is, uh, the three available strikers. But I've said it before, I'll say it again. I like all four strikers. All four strikers offer something different and we have never been this rich with selection of strikers in, in, in a lot... Well, I genuinely can't think of a time where we've been this rich with a striker and, uh, options since... It's the only place on the pitch at the minute that they have good competition. But the the negative with that is it seems to be adding pressure as opposed to adding, you know, getting the bounce out of them because they're thinking, oh, I need to fight for this position or I need to... All we're doing as Burnley fans is adding pressure to these strikers that Jay Rodriguez... We're going on to it in a minute. Finishes that all day long. Vidra, you know, he, he's trying so hard that he's probably doing shots differently than what he would do, like you said, the outside of his foot. Wood's missing yeah. chances that he's been the top goal scorer for three years in a row. Um, Barnes is getting criticised now for, for diving on the floor too much. It's just, do you know what I mean? That's what we want from Barnes. That's what we've asked for him from five, ten years, five years, whatever he's been here now. Yeah, you, you know what? You know, I, I, Again, I don't want to look like I'm slagging Vidra off because I'm not. Um, but it's going to look like that. That's why I put that disclaimer out there. But I saw a tweet that said, uh, oh, my God, Vidra was so good against Brighton. He is now easily head and shoulders by far and away the better of our, the best out of our four strikers. Uh, can I just put that into context? So he's played a game where he's ran a lot, got into some decent positions, but he still hasn't scored a goal. But now apparently this is a striker's job. It's a striker's job to score goals. Admittedly, none of them have done that this season. I understand that. But for the last three seasons, Chris Wood has been the leading goal scorer for the last three seasons. All Vidra had to do was run one game quite a lot, and now all of a sudden he's head and shoulders above Chris Wood. Absolutely scandalous opinions, some of these people. It absolutely baffles me, because uh, going to sort of like another player now, is it, you know, with Matt Lawton, obviously. He, I do want to talk about Lawton. He's been at the club for five years, um, maybe six, but it's definitely five years. He's been at this club now. Uh, he's got his new contract. I'm excited to see another two years of him, especially at the minute. But he had half of a bad season last year. Um, you know, you could criticise and say it was a full season, but if people knew, I mean, I'll, I'll say it, fuck it. But he was playing on a broken tour, and we knew that. Me and you knew that, but we never, we couldn't say it. We don't know if we're allowed to say it. And he was playing on a broken tour, and then people are saying, oh, yeah, he's on a good run of form at the minute. Or he's doing well, you know. Well, considering how, we, how you know, basically saying that that negative form of six months, we'll call it, is the majority, which it's not. It's actually the tiny part of a five-year thing. 
Yeah, like he was the, the the year we won the championship, he was he was class. The year we finished in Europe, he was class. Now I I I, I see it a little bit differently. I do I I'd see what you say about the six months. Definitely, he was poor in that six months, and, and I do feel he got he got caught out a lot. But in this in the season after the Europa League, he was quite poor in that one. But I'm not going to criticise him for that because they were all poor. They were all poor in that one. So he didn't didn't stand out as being a poor performer. We was a poor team and he was part of that problem. They all were. Tarky were part of them. That mistake he made at West Ham let, I can't remember his name, in some West Ham player in and they scored. Ben Mee made a few mistakes. They were all doing it. So it weren't just him. But yeah, obviously we knew for the last what season and a half that he's he's been playing on a broken toe. Uh, thankfully, he fa- finally finally seems to be coming back to fitness now. So, uh, but he's been absolutely outstanding. He really has. He's been insanely good, and I was so happy to see him get the man of the match award because I said to you, didn't I, just after the watch along? I said my watch along options are going to be uh, Vidra, Lauten, um, Westwood, and someone else. I can't remember who else I picked. Um, I said, I bet any money Bidra gets it because Loughton seems to be one of these players now. Like Woody seems to have that uh, against him. There just seems to be this like, I, I don't like using the word agenda, but I kind of feel like sometimes it is because an agenda has a point. If you have an agenda, you have a reason why you have that agenda. I don't understand. Burnley fans won't have a reason for slagging Loughton off. Loughton, sorry, Robbie, if you're listening. Uh, they won't have a reason for slagging Chris Wood off other than the fact that they think they're shit. So there's no like, point to it other than the fact that they have that opinion. Um, but I just feel like it's just without uh, Lawton, it's uh, it's just constant. It's just uh, people just love to criticize him, and I think he gets it more than Woody. But because he's a defender, people don't really notice it as much. Um, but yeah, he was absolutely fantastic, and I was buzzing that he won the man of the match. And he was he was brilliant against Brighton, he just kept going past people, whipping balls in. He was part of the reason why we we're attacking so well. And I think he's kind of stepped up in the absence of Charlie Taylor, knowing that the left hand side can't really do it as well at the minute because Eric Peters uh, can't really get forward as well as Charlie Taylor can. Um, but uh, just going back to what I just said about uh, a point about an, an, an agenda sort of thing is, I put a tweet out saying sort of like, oh, um, appreciation post for, for Matthew Lawton. He's been absolutely superb these last few games. You know, he gets a lot of stick and it's buzzing to see him play well. Someone shared it and they quote tweeted it and they put, bloody hell, lads had about 10 good games in a Burnley shirt. That and now you see... So ridiculous! Is that That's how do you have that opinion? How do you think he's only had ten good games in a Burnley shirt? That is the prime example. That is exactly the one I'm done about. That's a, I remember it with the word, but you nailed it. That's exactly the one I'm on about. That apparently that six months or to a year or whatever you want to call it is the majority, and these ten games are sort of new form that's never been seen before, which is ridiculous. And that's my point exactly. But I mean, Burnley Football Club just shared a thing, didn't they, of uh, the top six, so top five crosses um, on yeah. sort of passes completed or yeah. whatever the stat were. And uh, we've got three players in there and second, third and fifth. And second is Matt and um, third were Wester and fifth were McNeil. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so we are like, you know, we, we are underestimating what players like that do. And uh, with the Burnley fans in, as a whole, we need a scapegoat. We always give it to somebody. It's, but if it's not him, it were Hendrick. If it's not Hendrick, it were Dave Jones. And, and, and you can go back to every single team, every squad. We have one, but Joe Hart were one. You know, Joe Hart barely got a chance before we were giving him a shit. And then does that 
affect his performance? Probably it does, yeah, because you... yeah, of course it does. I think I think we need to realize as fans, and I know the people that, that I know the people that listen to this podcast aren't the people that constantly slag the players off and have these sort of agendas. So I'm probably sort of like flogging a dead horse here, but we need to realize as fans that it's counterproductive. Like, don't get me wrong; I understand people have opinions, and I don't get me get me wrong. Footballers aren't immune from criticism. I criticize them myself, but to constantly berate a player. Like Louts, who's been fantastic servant for us, like Woody, who's been the top goal scorer for three seasons and has a bad six months, and all of a sudden he's absolutely dog shit. Same with Barnes. Like now, people want Barnes and Vidra as the main starting lineup, but most of the tweets that I saw three months ago were that Barnes is finished. Yeah. Scores, a penalty, yeah, scores a penalty against Liverpool and runs a bit against Brighton, and now he, now he's the main, now he's the one of the best two. I don't understand. I know football fans are fickle, and, and it happens everywhere. And, and like I said, I feel like I'm just sort of like on a hide into nothing. I just probably sound like a miserable bastard this week on this week's podcast, but Chris will gets too much stick. Loughton gets too much stick um, and, and stop it. Okay. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Um, but yeah, going forward for me, Vidra and Barnes, even if Woody's back, if Woody comes back tomorrow, which I don't think he will, uh, I'd still play Vidra and Barnes. But Vidra needs a goal. Um, I will put that out there. He needs a goal. Do I want him to get a goal? Of course I do. Did I wish that goal was against Brighton? Of course I do. Did I wish it came against Bournemouth? Uh, of course I do. Um, but he needs a goal. And I do think once he gets that first goal, I do think it'll snowball. And I do think it'll it, it'll become a lot more confident in front of the goal. Yeah. But yeah, that's it um, for the... What game, Rick? Brighton. Brighton. That's it for the Brighton game uh, from me and Simon. We will now have the fan reaction to see what the Burnley fans thought of uh, the Brighton game. thought we played really well. I was really happy with the performance. Massive improvement um, over the last few weeks, creating chances for a change. Um, second half especially, I think we deserved to win after the second half. It was just a case of how we didn't score really, I guess. Um, Lawton was outstanding. He's been really good um, last few games, really. He's probably a contender for player of the year. I know it's a bit early for that, but he's playing really, really well. Vids did really, really well as well. Nice to see JBG back amongst the goals. Um, yeah, we looked we looked good going forward. The, the performance was really good, and you got it at the end that we only got a point out of it. But we took it before the match. But we, you know, we're getting a bit of a gap now between us and the bottom. I'm not so worried about the, the gap from us above because it's all about staying staying up really. So as long as we've got a gap between us and the teams below us, that's all that matters for me. Um, but yeah, if we can keep performing like that, it it'd be. Um, the future look good. I'd like to see Dash try something different. I know he won't do, but I'd like to see him not because I don't see Vidra as a striker. Because for me, his his finishing is not his strongest point. His strongest point is his build up play. And if he'd played two up front with Vidra behind him, I think we'd score a lot more. But we know Dash isn't going to do that. Um, but it'd be nice to see. But because Vidra did everything yesterday apart from score. But for me, he looks a bit panicked in the box. And whether it's just that he's not had time and he just needs a few more games and maybe one goal will set him on a run. But Everything about his play was excellent, apart from as soon as he's in the box, it just looks a bit panicked and a bit chaos. So if it, maybe if he played behind a striker or two strikers and Dice changed the system, we'd score more. But that's not going to happen, is it? Let's face it. Um, we've looked good. Yeah, we look good. We've looked good since um, Koki came back in as well. Uh, it means that we're not missing Brownell too much. But, but when Brownell is back, we've got a bit of strength in that position now. So, um, yeah, can't fault the lads too much. It was a, it was a decent game. Um First half was a little bit meh, and I, th- I thought we were unlucky for, to concede really because they didn't really do much. Nick Pope didn't have much to do, but um, second half, yeah, how we didn't win, I don't know. But um, 
it's nice to be positive about performance rather than slating them for a change in it. Up the Clarets. Evening, uh, Clarets. Uh, reaction regarding today's game. A um, lot better for performance, I thought, uh, than the last few weeks. I thought we played some really good stuff at times. Um, I thought Lawton were outstanding again. A man at match for me again. Uh, played really well getting down that right hand side. I thought Vidra had a great game again. I, you know, some some Burnley fans baffle me. I, I, they want Wood instead of instead of Vidra. Vidra a lot better movement. Uh, just needs a run of games, and I think goals will come. I think he will score score the goals. I get the point about Wood, and you know he's he's, he's scored some crucial goals over over the seasons and, and and done it regular. But I just think we you know we a lot better option with Vids up front. Uh, unlucky Jay not to start again today. Um, I don't know what what's happening there, but Jay seems to be out of the picture quite a bit. Uh, Barnes I thought even Barnes looked up well to say it was the first start together. Um, Vidra and Barnes thought they, uh, you know, they linked up really well and created some good chances. I thought Vids, you know, deserved a goal today for his effort and the movement and the positions he's got. It was just that final ball at times, but a point's a point, you know. We've got nine points clear above Fulham now until they just play, and hopefully um, West Ham do us a favour and keep them. Uh, Keep them well away from us. I think, you know, I still think we're going to have enough in the locker to get out of it. I think Brighton will as well. Um, I thought it were a game or two hours today. I thought they were a better team first half and then I thought we bossed the second half and played some really good stuff at times. Um, so onwards and upwards, Clarets. Have a good weekend. Uh, here's to choosing that against Bournemouth at Cup. Good evening all. Heath and Martin from New Zealand Clarets. Hello. Cheers. Cheers. Heath, yes. could you provide a couple of um, thoughts on, your, on the game? Sure. Much like the Aston Villa game, a game of two halves. Brighton probably deserved to have their uh, noses in front in the first, uh, first half. Uh, questions have got to be asked about that goal. I mean, it was a great header by Dunk, but uh, def def defending left a little bit to be desired. Um, but the second half, I don't know what Dyer said again at half-time, but much like the Aston Villa game, they came out a completely different team. And they just upped the tempo. You could see straight away that they were at it more. Um, Lawton and uh, Peters were getting forward um, and complimenting uh, uh, Bergson, uh, Gunmanson, sorry, yep. who we were talking about. Um, and they just had a lot more attacking, attacking intent. Uh, it was really good to see in the second half. Yep. I was very encouraged. Uh, okay, I would have preferred the three points, but uh, given the games we've got coming up, um, I'm very encouraged by the way we played. Uh, obviously, Loughton and Vidra up front were uh, played very well, uh, whereas Loughton had the space created for him going forward uh, as a result of the way Brighton and Burnley uh, shaped, or their shape. Uh, Vidra did all the work to create oh, his own space. He was fantastic. Yeah. That was his best game for Burnley, and I think everyone could see that. Uh, what a great player he is. He's a, he's a proper, proper player. And I don't know why it's taken so long for him to uh, to be given a game and show what he can do, but he's a, he's a great player, there's no doubt about it. His touch, his first touch is brilliant. He's got pace, which is something right. we desperately need. I think since the, <coughs> since the Chelsea game, it was, it was evident he was gonna to play today. And so I might be th overthinking this, but I believe that he's probably spent most of the time um, with the first team on the training pitch. And that might've helped. Mm. Uh, because they, he connected so well with the rest of the team. He worked his socks off. He, his performance was brilliant. He just needed a goal. 
Um, but you could see that he was really frustrated that he didn't get a goal. He kept yeah. slamming his fist into the turf. But there's a guy who really, really wants to impress and wants to score, and that's that's great. Yeah. I mean, you know. I think when um, <clears throat> when Woods fit again, I think we'll see the Wood uh, Vidra uh, combination up front quite a bit, and because uh, I think they play well off each other. Yeah, they're quite different. Uh, we'll take the points and move on. We've got three very good games coming up that we can get at least seven points from. I think. So uh, yeah, goodbye from New Zealand. Yeah. Up the Clarets. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Alright, 
So there you go, that was the fan reaction from Brighton 1, Burnley 1. And as ever, if you do want to get involved in the fan reaction, we are always looking for more people. If you're uncomfortable in front of camera, that's fine. You can send audio clips. Uh, they might only appear in the podcast, but they might appear in the show on YouTube as well. Um, but if you want to send us an actual video clip, that will be even better. Uh, all you have to do is record yourself talking to the camera um, about... One, between one and three minutes about the game, giving your opinion, giving your opinion on what happened, what you think should have happened, blah, blah, blah. Send it to us at turfcastpodcast at gmail.com or via the social medias, or if you know me personally, just send it on WhatsApp. Um, but yeah, we had, we had a good response on the Brighton game, so I was uh, happy with that one. So thank you, everybody, for getting involved after the previous week where we only got sent one. Um, so it's good to see uh, certain faces back. Um, but as mentioned at the start of the podcast, uh, we are, of course, sponsored by Pitch Sport. And part of that is that we are sounding beautifully models if you're watching on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, and part of that is um, every single week we upload a, a <coughs> excuse me, a question. Um, and I just basically say, what is your opinion on this? And then you can respond by a text, you can respond by a video, you can respond by audio. Um, and then we read the ones that have been responded to on the app. And we will always re read them out on the podcast. If you if you can respond on the socials as well, it obviously boosts the algorithm and gets us known and boosts our mentions and stuff. So feel free if you want to do that. But if you want your response discussed on um, the podcast that we're just about to do now, then you have to respond on the app. Um, but this week, Simon, I've not asked you your opinion on this yet, and I think we're going to start doing it this way because it's good to throw you under the bus a little bit. I do enjoy throwing you under the bus and getting a real sort of like response from you on something. Um, but the question this week on Pitch Sport was, who is to blame for the lack of transfer activity? <laughs> What's that face? Because I was like, oh, my God, was going to ask me? For uh, the lack of transfer activity, I'm saying it's a 50-50 thing because... I can imagine Dash having a short list of players that if the chairman doesn't have the same short list of players, then it doesn't happen. And then secondary to that is, I think Alan Pace has a lot to say, but I haven't seen very much conviction yet. Um, that being said, he did say that he's got six things passed by planning by the council. Uh, for well, development, that's interesting. I've not, I've not seen that. Yeah, he's he's got some. I think it was six things that have been passed. It was part of the article. You will have seen it. You might have just skirted through it, but it was the part of the article that showed oh, the new yeah. advertising board oh, okay. versus this. So he yeah. is one of the criticisms. By the way, I know it's not the question you've asked me, but one of the things was hot water. Did you see that? No. He wants to get the hot water sorted at Turf Moor sort of straight away, and I'm like, hot water? What's he on about? Sure, we've got hot water. We've got kitchens and shit. Cricket field then doesn't have hot water in it. Um, it doesn't have hot water in it. So when you go to the toilet, you've, you've only got the cold taps, for example. Fuck me. And, and we wonder, I get annoyed when people call us tin pot and, and all that shit. We are. We are so bad. Honestly, this football club winds me up. Alan, sort it out, mate. If you're not signing the players in summer, at least get some running water. Fuck me. So apparently that's number one on his list, right? There's other there's other areas in the turf apparently that are affected by this problem. So the long answer to your question is, I probably think Alan's half to blame, but because he's got a list as long as his arm as other shit is doing as well. 
Yeah, fair yeah. enough. I, I, me personally, I know I, I know I said who on the question, and that's why I worded it to you like who. Um, but I think it's more a case of of what. I think I should have worded the question differently when I uploaded it to pitch. I should have said what is to blame rather than who is to blame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think I do think Dash is stubborn, and I think he should relax with not not let let people bring in any old dross. Of course not, but relax. He's got so, such a like uh, and a a checklist for the players that he brings in. He needs to relax it a little bit and let certain players through that he wouldn't necessarily let through. Um, whether it's uh, um, you know not necessarily let like I said, shite players in, but they might he might not let players in. Knowing Sean Dash, he wouldn't let a player in if he did like a stupid dance when he scored a goal because oh, it's the down from their fancy that short. So, so he does that sound, doesn't he? A goal for no headphones, no caps, no. Well, exactly. So, if, so if 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 he sees a player like I don't know Meza Ozil getting off the coach in Fenerbahce with some big beats on. Other headlines are, are, of course, available. Headlines, headphones are, of course, available. Um, it's probably fine. Oh, no, not for me. Not with him fucking fancy headphones. I don't know why he's caught me all of a sudden. Um, but I think I think Dyche needs to relax a little bit, relax his laws. I think Pace, I don't want to drop any blame at his door yet because he follows me on Twitter. No, I'm joking. Because I, he's not been here long enough for me. I think I don't know what else he could have done. He had two weeks off with COVID and stuff, and I just think it was a lot a lot of hard work. I still think Garlic's got a little bit to do with it. I think he's sort of like instilled like a yeah, mentality. Well, I, I think he's still like instilled sort of like a mentality in in, in, uh, in some of the hierarchy at the club that are still there that sort of like, oh, you know, yeah, like, it's yeah, not like a big yeah. massive issue and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then and and then there's the 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 CEO and things like that. I, I think I think they should. Hi, uh, Ari. I think they should carry on. Um, uh, sorry, sort of like get uh, get rid of the mentality and things that they have and, uh, and just carry on and carry on doing Obvious. that. Um, but yeah, just we've had a couple of answers on the on the podcast. Uh, sorry, on the app to that question. Um, Neil Layfield, shout out Neil. Um, he says I can only say the board, the CEO, who or whoever. Signs deals off. I can't imagine Dice is directly involved. He'll just have a wish list. Uh, so for me, blame lies with whoever does the negotiating. January is always a tough window, though, uh, and COVID won't have helped this year. Uh, and finally, uh, we had another response off Doc. Shout out to Doc. He says, the scouted team have a lot to answer for, but the COVID crisis takes a big part of the blame this time. Uh, but something needs to change big time sooner uh, rather than later. Um, I kind of agree with both of them. The only thing I'd say is, uh, with Neil's answer, um, is I don't know what goes on at Turf Moor, and this is just a guess. This is just an educated guess, but my guess would be that Daesh does have um, quite a big sort of um, say in the transfer. I can imagine Daesh just being hands-on pretty much everywhere in the club. Um, that's just that's just a guess based on his personality. I'm, I'm not sure if that's the case. Uh, but big shout-out for, for, for you two. Uh, for getting involved and sending your answers in. Next week's will be up soon. We will put it up. Uh, I'll send it in tomorrow, hopefully. I'll try and send it in tomorrow um, to pitch. uh, Fingers crossed. In fact, I'm working. Uh, I'll try and get it in tomorrow morning before I start work. So if you are listening to this on Thursday, pause, go on to pitch. It's not there. Uh, I've probably not sent it in yet, to be honest. Uh, But it will definitely be there on Friday, Saturday. And uh, when I... uh, What's the word? When I... um, publicise it on the social media channels, on the Turfcast social media channels, then it's obviously definitely there at that point. Um, but anyway, moving on, we will look at the Brighton game. Now, I think no. um, this is best swept under the carpet. Let's just not discuss it. Let's just forget it ever happened. Bournemouth. 
Fuck, I said Brighton, didn't I? We played Brighton twice this week in my head. Yeah, Bournemouth. Let's discuss the Bournemouth game. That, everything I've just said about being swept under the carpet, that's what I meant. I meant the Bournemouth game. It's best not to say much about this, but yeah. I think once we get started, I think we might do. But yes, Burnley nil, Championship Bournemouth 2. What are your thoughts on that? Um, it, fucking hell. So <laughs> the, the team selection is, is one thing, right? But away, I'm not, Shambles. I'm not talking about Glennon because obviously that was a forced hand. But I am talking about sort of done and long. We haven't done that in the other one, so I don't understand why we haven't had a. You I just, know. I just think, I just think this time, I can see his thinking. I don't agree with it, but I can see his thinking. We've got three games coming up now. Injuries are already piling up. I can see his thinking. He's not done it before because the fixture list wasn't as congested, and the fixed uh, and the and the what's it called that the treatment table wasn't as full. So I can see why he's done it. I wouldn't have done it. I just think we had a perfect chance to get to the quarterfinals, as we did a few years ago, um, and, we, and we've thrown it away with that team selection. But, but yeah, sorry, go on. No, no, you're right. Uh, yeah, so, like, we've got um, Glennon as a four-stand, two centre-halves that you wouldn't normally pair. I, th- I still feel like it makes sense, but you usually have your captain or your vice-captain in the squad. Yeah, of course. Um, and, one of the, and both of them are a centre-half. So, I imagine, for me... You know, Tarky being captain for the game or me. One of them needs to play for me. That's, that's my opinion. Um, the midfield, the span. Again, we're going through the span of this. We've got Benson, who shows signs of, of like control and composure. He gets hold of the ball. He runs around a lot with it. And, and I quite like to watch him play. But he still needs that sort of midfielder, like a Joy Barton next to him rollicking him, you know what I mean? Just dragging him through the, the, the shit decisions he makes and, and so on. So that's that bit. Then the strikers, for example, right? We've got J-Rod, who is, you know, arguably one of the best strikers that we've had. And then you've got Vidra, who's, you know, people are crying out to, to see him play more. <laughs> the It was the billing show. Uh, the, yeah, the, we made the, him look like Prime Iniesta, and I, he's he's, he's, like... he's, he's, he's shy. Well, he's not shy. He's okay, but he's. I don't know where that performance came from from him, other than the fact that we went, "There you go, mate. There's all the time in the world. Do what the fuck you want with it." He was he was assisting people off his arse. Like he was doing flicks. He was doing pirouettes. He did a handstand near enough. No, I'm joking. But he uh, he had the full run of the turf right, and it wasn't on the wings. It was all down the middle of the pitch. It was on the centre circle. It was at the edge of the box. It was in the box. Um, so there's only four players, really, whose job it is to stop that shit happening. And, and none of them could do it. Uh, we struggled. And Peacock Farrell did a, a great save as well, because it could have been even worse. Uh, that one that was similar to... That's why I said it seems a bit harsh to say it when you look at the Brighton goal. But when you look at... It was a similar one that... Uh, Peacock foul dealt with. It came actually off Westy's head, I think. Not Westy's, it came off um, Stephen's Steven. shoulder, weren't it? It came off Stephen, and his reactions were like, bang, b- brilliant save. And then Stephen's legs him up, and it's penalty for me all day long. But we I, get away I, with I that thought one. it was a penalty. I, I, I thought it. that. I don't, I, it was one of them, like, I think I think he put his leg out, and I think the player has then avoided his leg, so there isn't any contact, but that because he's avoided it, it's then made the player go down, if that makes any sense. So in that sense, it is a penalty. But because there's no contact, we've got away with it. Yeah, he, he, so 
I'm not even sure if you contact because VAR didn't look at it. The replay just showed for me a person clattering into another person. It looked like anyway. Um, so, yeah, so it was frustrating because it could have been worse, mate. It could have been far worse. It should have been three if it weren't for the save. It should have been three if it were a penalty. And then they were kind of playing with a buzz and a flare. Stanislas looks like a better player than we had. If I'm honest, with you. again, though, we, we just we just gave him the run of the turf. If if he'd have come up against our back five, he, he wouldn't have got anyway. He, he were okay when he played for us, and I do like Junior because he scored a cracker against Bastards, and I put that on the Turkcast Twitter. Anyone that scores against Blackburn, even Jason Shackle, with even with the way he left, I always welcome him back to the turf because he scored against Bastards, and I, when I was growing up. That that meant so much to me. Not so much now because of the shit. Um, but but yeah. Uh, but we gave him the run of the turf. And if he came up against any of that back five, he wouldn't have looked anywhere near as good. The same with Billing. Who's the striker that were up front from? Um, can't remember his name now for the life of me. But youngish, skinny, tall guy. And he were. Uh, I'll look at his name in a minute. But he kept. He had all the time in the world. He was bringing the ball down. He were a hold up player, giving it to Billing. He were making shit happen with it. We. We didn't know how to handle that team. They were far more experienced. Uh, far They played together far more this season. But Jonathan Woodgate looked like he'd been in charge of that team for five years, the way they were playing together. He, he, it was really well sort of performed in, in a Bournemouth sense and really, really negative in a Burnley sense. Yeah, I think you're thinking of Surridge, not Sturridge. Surridge. 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 That's all. Um, he, he was brilliant. And you know what? I've held off being critical of this player because I thought, you know what? Give him time. Let it. Let him get. Let him get into it. But I'll tell you what. Dale Stevens has got to look like one of the worst signings we've ever made. He's he were miles off it again yesterday. I, I don't. He's he's obviously got the quality because he's done well at Brighton. But whether he's just had an injury at Brighton that I'm not aware of, and now he's not come back from it, and he's and he's shy because of that, or he's or he's just shy because he's got old. But, but either way, he's shite. And, and he played with Benson yesterday. And, he, and, and, and Benson probably looked the better of the two. And Benson is so inexperienced compared to him. But I, And I don't think Benson looked good, by the way. I just think Benson looked better. Um, but literally, nobody on that Burnley pitch can leave that game with their head held high. I'm, I'm more disappointed um, in Dice for picking that team than anybody. But I'm mostly disappointed in Dwight and Vidra um and probably Goodmanson as well because uh all of them should have should have done probably a little bit more than what they did. But but yeah, Kevin Long, just going back to what you said, Kevin Long and Jimmy Dunn. I put it on the uh, the Turfcast Twitter um saying that Kevin Long and Jimmy Dunn are absolutely miles off it. And, and I stand by that. I know Jimmy Dunn somehow got the Turfcast not the Turfcast man of the match, the Burnley Football Club man of the match. Um and I'm not really sure sure why he did that. Uh, why they give it him? Sorry, um, but I'm, I'm, I, I thought they were both poor. Like Jimmy Dunn has got his age on his side, so I, I can understand that he might come good eventually. Um, but but Jimmy, Jimmy Dunn and Kevin Long, they were absolutely miles off it. And then I've seen Glennon play before. I saw him play. I've not said it on this podcast before, but for those of you new to the podcast, I, I've seen him play at, at Bradford City last season when I worked there, um, and I know it's League Two. Um, uh, and he played for Grimsby, but he was he was incredible. He, he was better than Benson, and he won the man of the match. He was insane. I think he might have even got an assist. He was brilliant. So I was very disappointed to see him play very, very badly. But I won't criticise him too much because he was thrown in at the deep end by a football club that should know better. That administrative error, they've not got enough stick for that for me. 
That's a fucking disgrace. That's a sh- how can you not know your own players suspended? How can you not know? And somebody put on Twitter like, oh, it happens, you know, there's so many different competitions. That is surely somebody's job. As I've just mentioned, and as most of you that listen to podcasts know, I worked at Bradford for quite a while. Um, there was a guy there, uh, I won't mention his name, um, but I don't even know his job title, um, but it was his job to sort all that sort of stuff out. So there must be somebody at Burnley whose job it is to sort that stuff out. Somebody's fucked up massively. How can you not know your own player was suspended? How can Dyche not know, to be fair? How can, how, how can none of them know that the player was suspended? And then just to say to a kid, 20 minutes before kickoff, oh, yeah, you're in, you're playing. This is your your first ever start for Burnley, I think, off the top yeah. of my head, I might be wrong. They've thrown him at the deep end there, so I don't want to criticise him. But, yeah, that mistake, that's horrendous. Yeah, he needs more first teamers around him as well you can him, see him, him and Betson I think they need championship loans I think I think that's what they need maybe yeah maybe but um same with that um Mumbongo everyone's raving about him but he's he, he touched the ball five or six times and it just pinged off him and I know they all had a bad game but I've still yet to see Mumbongo do anything other than running the straight line and 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 people are raving about him, but maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, so going back to the Glennon situation, he does look like a promising player. The second half of Glennon was better than the first half. Um, but he was left so exposed because you got Dwight McNeil in front of him. And we yeah. criticised Dwight McNeil for his defensive things. And even he was getting frustrated. He nearly he could have got himself sent off with that push in the face. Uh, another couple of inches higher and, and he got sent off for that. It was probably good as well that the player didn't react the way yeah, you know, that really, he'd have probably got up, sent off because if the way if if anyone had gone down the way that Mitrovic went down against West Ham, then that's a red card. Well, I think that the player was trying to say, Listen, man, I'm just holding you, it was nothing sort of personal. That's what it kind of looked like he was doing. And Dwight's obviously lost his shit, which is unusual. Uh, but I think it just showed the frustrations of, of the first teamers joining with the you know the second team, it just showed frustration all around. Yeah, I know I waffled on a little bit then, but my Alexa were chatting behind me. I think one of your kids were pottering about. Um, but but the point remains, poor throughout. Disappointing that we've had another chance to get to an FA Cup quarterfinal under Sean Dyche and we've blown it again. And now I didn't blame Sean Dyche for the Lincoln one. The players weren't good enough. Sean Dyche picked a very good squad, a very good starting eleven for that Lincoln game. We played, um, I think, Sam Bokes, Andre Gray, Joey Barton. We played a very good side. Uh, but the players didn't turn up. Lincoln did a job on us that day, and fair play to him. But we threw the game away against Bournemouth. We absolutely threw it away with that team selection. Um, a lot of people say, well, no, I'd rather stay up, and I would rather stay up than, than get to the quarterfinal and get beat against Man City in the quarterfinal. Um, but it had been good to to at least try. Um, and and the point is, we should have squad depth. That, that The second string 11 shouldn't be that bad. I know... I'm kind of contradicting myself, but going back a few years ago, we played Sunderland in the League Cup first round and we had, was it last season or the season before? I can't remember. We had Joe Hart in the team, Danny Drinkwater, Aaron Len. We had so many like experienced players in that team that we should have got through that team. But look at that second string now compared to that one. It's so bad, our second string, and we just don't have enough squad depth and that's what I put on Twitter yesterday. You're on mute. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I do think there's still elements of a first team in there, though, because you've still got bars like you still got Peacock Farrells as a full international plays plays major, you know, games for for Ireland. You've got Jay and Vidra up front, who one of them's top goal scorer in the championship. One of them's played for England, granted only one game. There is still players that should be 
Yeah, so you've mentioned all of them there, and they are the, the more experienced players that were obviously in that team, but only Bailey could leave his head with his head. Jay was poor, Bidra was poor, Bardsley, I, I forgot he were playing half of the time. I don't really remember him making an, an obvious error, but I, I forgot he were there. Weren't really getting forward as much as Lawton would have done or has been doing. Um, but I think apart from them, there's, there's just, Stevens is obviously experienced, but he's, he's dog shit. Um, and, and Dwight is obviously the other one, but... <clears throat> Dwight should have been that person in that team yesterday that dragged us through it. Not not through a Joy Barton style, scruff of the neck, grab you and, and be a dick, but drag us up the pitch, run with the ball, make things happen. That's what he was there for, and he didn't do it. And we're going back now to another season. Uh, sorry, a, another point where he's Dash having a Dash. Is Dwight McNeil having a bad season? Because you look at the season as a whole, and there's been a couple of flashes, Liverpool game couple of others but in a whole he's been quite poor similar to what he was in the game yesterday uh, who, against Brown. Uh, who was the captain yesterday against Bournemouth did I say Brighton again sorry fucking hell it's because right. they both begin with B yeah, yeah. Who, was, who was the uh... was it Dwight do you know this answer uh, no I, I, I can find out very quickly while you're off I, along I know the answer it's um, it was Bardsley was it yeah right Which, um just brought to me attention then when you said about Dwight, you know, this is the game where he should be sort of like dragging us through it and things like that. This is the kind of games where you want a lad who's come through the academy to be a senior now, looking him at a senior. You just think to yourself, they're the kind of games that you usually give them the captain and say, right, go on, you know, be a leader on the pitch now. Yeah. And we give it bars there. And yeah, it was quiet. It was unusual for him because he's usually more sort of, um, what's the word? He's more physical. When he's not yeah. the captain, maybe that sort of, I don't know, maybe it fucking castrated him a little bit, putting that on him. Maybe he had to restrain himself a little bit and be more respectful yeah. because it was it was a muted performance from him, like you said. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, there were no fan reaction for the Brighton game, but we don't, we don't tend to ask for them um, for the FA Cup games. Um, so we'll move on to the Palace game. We'll obviously won't discuss this too much. We never do. Um, there's a few irons in the fire, excuse me. There's a few irons in the fire um, for a, a, a pre-match show. Um, so, fingers crossed we can discuss it at length with a Crystal Palace fan. On, 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 on. Because weren't that the one that you well, called? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want to ask him again because I fucking I screwed him over, didn't I? And for those of you that don't remember, I, I had him on the, the pre-game show and he was from a podcast. Um, I can't remember the name of the podcast. Uh, sort of like Pal- Palace Summit. I can't remember. I can't remember the name of it. Okay. No, that's it. That's it. I said, I said, you're from Back of the Nest, which is a Palace sort of like website, and he just accepted it. He went, yeah, 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 I am. And he just sort of, like, and then I realised halfway through the show that he's not from that one. He's from a different one. And I said to him afterwards, I said, I'm so sorry. I said it wrong earlier. Ah, like, oh, don't worry about it, mate. I was like, I can't believe it. I've not talked to him since. I was so embarrassed. So I won't be asking him, him on again. I might do if I'm struggling and no one wants to come on. I'll ask him again. Um, and I'll make sure I get his podcast right. your performance that done it because you can't think of the next question. You're not even hearing what they're saying back to you anymore because you're mm. just only circles in your head when your hearts fell out thinking he's fucking, he can't believe he heard that. He's going to think I'm a dick and you just go around. But yeah, that was a brilliant story. That. Uh, fingers crossed we do have a pre-game show. Fingers crossed he's still my friend. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll uh, we'll quickly have a look at it. Uh, it's a big one. Um, I'm not sure what the situation is with Zaha, but oh, yeah. Le- uh, Palace was shite against Leeds. And I know, um, I, I admit Leeds did a job on them, um, but when Palace have Zaha, Palace beat Leeds 
was it four, five nil earlier in the season? They absolutely demolished him at Sellers Park. And then they're playing without Zaha and the Lindsay can all of a sudden do a containment job on them, which is exactly what they did um, in the game the other day. And I think without Zaha, I think we could beat them. I really, really do. I think we can beat Palace. I think we can start this run of three winnable games with a very, very big win at Sellers Park, which has sort of echoes of um, the, the, the the first season back in the Premier League on a dash, you know, when we stayed up and obviously we got that result at Palace to sort of like nail um, survival. Um, so fingers crossed we can, we can get that done again. But without Zaha, I honestly think we can. 100%. I said it to you in the home leg version of this game. We didn't have Zaha and um, I said that this is it. We, we, we're going to beat them and we did beat them. Um, was it Benteke or... The other one that they've got, Batshuayi. Batshuayi. It was. Um, it might have been him. I think he went through. Did he get a penalty or did it? Or did someone bring him down or something? And anyway, I think he got the shot away. So um, that was the only. Oh no, it was the the save with Nick Pope. That's the significant. Oh one. yeah, the the Crasser Redeemer save. Crasser Redeemer save. That, that that was the time they didn't have him then, and they they offered very little. They did offer something. But some big performances from people like Paul has, has got us the win, and no, I still think we can do it. I still no think way. we can win. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, I think I think I think we can. I think we can get 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 off to a good start in the, in this in this um, in this run of very important fixtures. Uh, but like I said, we'll try and do um, a longer preview on the pre-match show with a Palace fan. I'll try and get that done um, to to be released on uh, on Friday at some point, hopefully. Um, but we will just get some couple of predictions. Uh, I'm going to do my prediction as though Zaha isn't playing. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, because I, 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 he was out, I've not heard any rumours of him coming back. To be honest, I'm going to be honest with you now. I haven't checked. Uh, I'm just going off um, just, just Twitter stuff, basically. Um, so I'm going to predict as though Zaha isn't there. And for me, um, I think without him, we beat them. So I'm going to go 1-0 Burnley, similar to last season, set-piece goal, defender, Tarke, the classic Ben Me could do it again. Um, but yeah, we've done it. We, we seem to have a um, a bit of a hold on Palace at the minute and it was weird because Roy Hodgson tend to have sort of like Sean Dyche's number for quite a while and it tends to be a thing that that, that, that um, Roy would always beat Sean but I think now tables have turned a little bit and I, th- I think we can do a number on them. What do you think? Sorry, yeah, my kids were talking, so I had to mute it just in case it come through. But yeah, no, I do think we can beat him. I do think Roy's, Roy goes through these little waves, doesn't he? It's like five games without a win, and then they'll all be getting on his back, and then they'll go five games and win four of them or something. He has these little runs. Hopefully that that beat, that beating that they got at Leeds keeps that momentum in oh, favour yeah. of the negative for us uh, and, and Zaha not being in. It does make it a winnable game. It is a difficult place to go, but it's only usually difficult with the fans, and they have no yeah. fans, so they got no fans. So let's all let's all we do them because I think there's a real opportunity to do them, especially if Zaha's not playing. Yeah, I, I think we can do them, and I think we're gonna I think we're gonna start this run of fixtures. <coughs> excuse me, um, with a win, and I think I think by the end of this run of fixtures, I genuinely believe that we will be well clear of relegation and. People that listen to this podcast and people that know me quite well, well I, I tend to be quite negative. Um, so for me to be going into a run of fixtures and expecting this to be completely clear of relegation is uh, is quite uh, unusual. But if we don't win any of these games, I think we're down. That is that is that is that is where I am. If we don't win any of these games against Palace, West Brom, and Fulham, we don't deserve to stay up. We deserve to go down. 
Well, but do I think that will happen? Do I think we will lose every single game against M3 sides? No. Well, the podcast next week will be after two of the games, so oh I might God. be a little bit more depressed. It if, might be a yeah, might be a depressed podcast. Yeah, like that. I want to review this episode. Write this down. Get some pen and paper. This episode where you said we get beat all in three games, we'll get relegated. I, I, well, I hope you're wrong. We're not going to lose We are good enough these days. When, when we have our our main spine, we are more than good enough to beat Fulham. To beat West Brom, especially West Brom, are so bad. They are terrible. They had a mini resurgence when Big Sam took over, what drawing against Liverpool or whatever it was. But they, they're still shit. They're not good enough. Sam's going to get his first relegation on his CV. Palace, they're a different breed. With, with Zaha, they could easily turn us over 3 0, to be honest. Without Zaha, we could easily do a job on them quite easily. Fulham, they just seem to draw every week. It's like people always say, like, oh, What's sort of like a, a thing in football that you always think is the case, but it never happens? And people are like, oh, Burnley lose every week, but stay up or, or, or stuff like that. Fulham draw every single week. Every time I check Fulham's result, they've drawn. All they ever do is draw. Every time they're on telly, they draw. So do I think we'll beat Palace without Zaha? Yes. Do I think we'll beat West Brom? Yes, I think we'll beat West Brom quite comfortably at Turf. Um, and do I think we'll beat Fulham at the Turf? Yeah, I, th- I think we'll beat Fulham at the Turf as well. I, th- I think the next three games is your prediction. That sounds too optimistic for me, so I'm not going to say it. Um, but fuck it, go on. Yeah, so Mark Alf, uh, Mark Alf loves to say that we sit on the fence. Here you go, Mark. I want a free partner milk for this. Nine fucking points. We're going to get nine points on these next three games. Only if Zaha's not playing, though. That's your disclaimer. If Zaha's not pay- playing, six points. If Zaha is playing, six points. Sorry, if Zaha is playing... <laughs> I don't know why I can't talk today. If Zaha's not playing... Nine points. If Zaha is playing, six points. Right. No, I like this. I like this little game. Next season. Well, how see... many? How many points do you think we're going to get for these next three games? Six. So we're going to get beat against who? It should. You've just Palace. said we can beat Palace. You've just it said we can beat Palace. them, though. But wait, I don't know if if thing is playing. Um, <laughs> I, there's got to. I think seven points. So draw at Palace and yeah. winning the other two. Yeah, we, we could easily draw against Fulham. If we drew, if, if we beat Palace and drew against the other two, obviously they're not picking up three points. So that's still good enough. It's still keeping it down there. We can't lose against Fulham and West Brom. If we're going to lose, lose against Palace on Saturday, but do not lose against Fulham and West Brom. But before we go, what's your actual score prediction then for the Palace game? Uh, what did you say? Two-one Burnley. Two one Burnley. I'm going one nil Burnley. I think I think we're going to do it. If Zaha's playing, forget it. Go on. Think. Concentrate on the Fulham game. No, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, I do. I do think we'll win. Um, but that's pretty much it then. Unless you've got anything you want to talk about. No, I'll go. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll tell you what. Actually, on the Allardyce comment you just made about him uh, never getting relegated. If you're Allardyce and you've got like one game to keep him up, would you quit just before that game just so you don't get on your CV? <laughs> Well, does, I don't know how CVs in football management work. Like, obviously, it's it's going to be there, isn't it? Yeah, you'll never be in charge when they went down, but everyone will, will know you were there. Do you? But, I'd, yes, I'd do it just to be a dick because it'd be funny. It, it'd yeah. be funny if you didn't want it. If you just quit before end of season. Yeah, bolsty. I'm not having this on my CV. Uh, but yeah, uh, watch along Saturday. I don't know what time the game is because I haven't checked yet. But are you free? No matter what time the game is, I presume it's Saturday. So you want? Is the game even on Saturday? Say again, sir. Is the game even on Saturday? Um, 
yeah, it's. I think it's a normal kickoff time. Is it? So we've had two normal kickoffs in the space of two weeks. That is oh, very, very unusual. Might be last week. Now, no, it is. It's three o'clock. It's yeah. three o'clock on Saturday. We've had two. I like, I like that. Football's finally starting to feel normal again. Um, but yeah, we will have a watch along. We may have a fan, not fan reaction. We will, of course, have a fan reaction. We may have a pre-game show before the game. If I can find a Palace fan uh, that yeah. wants to talk about the game that I haven't, that I haven't pissed off. Um, <laughs> fingers crossed I can find one. Um, and we will, of course, have a match reaction, a fan reaction. So plenty of content coming up from Turfcast over the next few days. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, that's it for me. That's it from Simon. And we will, of course, see you for the watch along. Definitely 100%. On Saturday at three o'clock. Fingers crossed, Johnny and um, Jared are available as well. But we'll see you there definitely. Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.